0: Hi everyone! Welcome to the Cult I Left Behind podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Briggs, and I'm here to tell you my stories of growing up in the IBLP cult, which you might know from the Duggar family.
1: And I'm your other host, Kyle Briggs. I'm Amanda's husband, and I have not heard most of these stories before, so stay tuned, and we'll all get traumatized together. Welcome back to the next episode. Uh, What do you have for us tonight, Amanda?
0: I'm not ready for what I have for you tonight. You're not ready for what I have for you tonight. (laughs) I don't even
1: know what it is.
0: (laughs) It's just bad.
1: Okay. Yeah. What what kind of bad?
0: We're going to talk about Bill's brother, Steve.
1: Okay. Yeah. is. this is... The guy that had a scandal from last Yeah, episode. the first episode first we episode. talked about
0: where I briefly mentioned there's a guy named Steve. He's Bill's brother. He has a sex scandal. It's part of the big timeline.
1: So we're going to jump into Steve's sex scandal. Then.
0: Yeah, I think we're just going to start. Well, not start because we're on episode two. We're going to do the next phase of episodes on the Gothard sex scandals.
1: Okay, well I'm glad we have drinks for this one and you're not on call tonight. I know. So
0: I am not on call this w- time.
1: What do you have over there? A vodka soda,
0: because you make them better than anything else in
1: the world. <laughs> it is your favorite. Mm. Uh, I went with a Mexican firing squad tonight, so let's say tequila drink for those of you who don't know. So It looks uh, pretty. <laughs> yeah, sure. Tastes good. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into this then.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going to take a drink. Everyone take a drink.
1: Sounds like you're going to need it.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so Bill has five siblings. He is the third of six children. So he has two older sisters, then Bill, then Steve, then David, and then Jones, the youngest okay. in his rise to power through the cult, Bill really brought a lot of his family members along with him. And I've even met some of them, including his mother. I had dinner with her once.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. She, so she lived on the compound, the main one mm-hmm. in the Chicago area and Members of the cult were assigned to her care. Like young women were assigned. I don't think they had any medical training, but she needed care. So,
1: so how, Bill would
0: assign people to take care
1: of her. How old were you and how old was her mom when you met her?
0: How old or was his, his mom? mom? Sorry. Uh, yes. I was. It was a Reformation Day dinner.
1: What, <laughs> we, <laughs> what is that?
0: Martin Luther. When he um, renounced Catholicism with his thesis that he hammered on the
1: church door. Mm-hmm. You know, all this. I am sure I've seen that so on he, the History he Channel at some point because I love the History Channel. Yeah. But I don't recall exactly what it is. I
0: think he's referred to as the father of the Reformation. So it was when we basically... Well, not we. There was a time in Europe where it was 100% Catholicism. And then Martin Luther was like, no, this doesn't actually align with the Bible. Here's why. He writes it all out, posts it on the church door, the Catholic church door. Mm -hmm. Gets in a lot of trouble because it was a state religion. And I think that's considered like the birth of modern
1: Protestantism. Okay. So you guys were observing that yes
0: and it was they would have these dinners where we would eat food like they would have had back in martin luther's time and we would eat with our fingers
1: (laughs) you guys have like a whole pig on the table
0: i mean i just remember it didn't smell good (laughs) that is primarily what i remember from that evening where i met bill's mother Mm -hmm. so i was seated at the table next to her or at i was seated at the same table with her sitting next to her. Okay. I don't remember her really saying much of anything or being pleasant. I just remember she had her entourage of young women like who were caretakers. there as well, who took care of her.
1: Was she like still coherent and like still all there at that time? I don't, I don't know. know.
0: I was scared of...
1: Didn't really talk to her.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I was scared of Bill because <laughs> he was creepy, so...
1: I just kind of avoided all of
0: the Gothards. Okay. Yeah. So that's Bill's family. Uh, His mom's name is Carmen. His father's name is Bill Sr. He, He brings all of them along with him on his rise to fame and fortune through IBLP. And Steve was just really not a good dude. He's just really not a good dude. He starts... Well, okay, first we have to pause and understand. We're going to do a deep dive into the cult's teaching on sex and purity and dating and all of that, right? Okay. At some point. Yeah, It sounds... That
1: sounds <laughs> Dramatic and awful. And, I'm sure it's going to yeah. be very interesting.
0: Uh, I guess. Yeah, virginity pledges to your father. We'll get to all of that. But the cult had a very strong stance that it preached... About sex and no sex before marriage and no dating, only courtship, but definitely no sex, no sex, no sex before marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And no appearance of evil. That is a huge thing in the cult. We can't even have an appearance of evil. So for instance, if you and I were young people in the cult we could not even go to the grocery store together because it would have an appearance of evil like we might have hooked up in the bathroom at the grocery store.
1: So they wanted to be no ambiguity there. Like it had to be, Mm
0: -hmm. we're definitely
1: not doing anything.
0: There is nothing going on. Yeah, okay. If you were anyone except Bill or his brothers.
1: (laughs) Oh, of course. They get special (laughs) rules or don't have to follow them.
0: Exactly. So there's already... A bit of a scandal going on before the big, big scandal. Steve has been having, according to the cult, sexually inappropriate relationships with young women
1: in the cult. So is this the first like major sex scandal that comes out of the IBLP? Yeah. Okay.
0: As far as I know, yes. Okay. And this is in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So it all gets hushed up. And, and Steve gets sent away from the Chicago campus to the Northwoods of Michigan campus that is very remote, isolated. No one's out there. Bill sends a few staffers with him. It kind of becomes Steve's private little kingdom where he can do whatever the fuck he wants.
1: Sounds like very reminiscent of like medieval Christianity, like right? the Holy War stuff where they're – out, you know, the prince messes up and they send him to go live in some castle in the middle of nowhere by himself because you can't have him be a part of the picture anymore. Yeah. Was this like a big campus or was it just like it a could, cabin in the woods?
0: No, it was it's like a retreat center. It could it could accommodate up to three hundred people. Okay. I think it has um a runway and a hangar. Oh. And a lake with you know, fishing and wow. canoeing and boating. And Bill has his own cabin up there
1: mm-hmm.
0: that he claimed was a gift until they found the receipt <laughs> in his desk drawer later that it was actually purchased with cult funds.
1: But he claimed it wasn't. Well, this does not sound like a bad place to be banished to.
0: No, I think Steve was actually really excited I about bet. it. <laughs> I bet. Okay, so he he gets there and he has... so. There's a lot. I don't even know where to start. Let's start with, with his little harem, and then we'll get into everything else. Okay. Bill <laughs> Bill funnels young women out to Steve at the Northwoods compound.
1: So he's just chilling out there at the Northwoods compound. With and his then brother, his... the
0: cult leader, sending him chicks.
1: That's <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: A rough life for Steve.
0: Yeah. So Steve had this cruel tactic he would use to ensnare new victims. He would, so a young woman would arrive, new to the staff there, this tiny little staff, and he would just ignore her. He would give her the worst tasks, like washing vehicles in the middle of a storm. (laughs) Or out in cold weather, just everything menial, mundane, irritating until this poor young woman would go to him after like weeks and months of trying to figure out what she had done wrong. And she would would go seek him out and be like, what have I done? Why are you mad at me? Well, then wouldn't you know, Steve became just this kind counselor who was just there as a guide. Kyle?
1: That's some like crazy psychological warfare. So they probably, the girls or women, probably girls. You could
0: call them girls. They were probably like
1: 18. So they probably showed up there and didn't want to be there.
0: Probably not. Some of the mothers begged Bill not to send their daughters to Steve.
1: And he did it. Of course. I mean, that sounds like something a mother would want to do, not Mm -hmm. send them off to the woods with a single old dude. Uh, So they didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And then he just ignores them long enough that they are like, then they want his attention.
0: Well, they think they've done something wrong, because okay. he's like this high up dude in the cult. Still, he's still an administrative director,
1: right? But they didn't want, like, I assume they didn't care about him or care about connecting with him or right. being together with him. And no, just
0: no. This was all, like you said, psychological warfare, stalking to get a victim.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yes. <laughs> So
0: he turns into this kind, wonderful counselor who's there to help them and starts doing normal mentorship things like showing up in their rooms at night while they're getting ready for bed.
1: (laughs) Normal mentorship things, yeah. So
0: you have to understand what it's like to be a female in this environment. First of all, you are absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Secondly, no one believes you. Third, did I mention you're nothing? Mm -hmm. And you, you just don't have any power. And it's such a fucking helpless feeling. So you have to understand that that's where these women were coming from. So this guy who's very high up in the cult hierarchy starts doing this inappropriate stuff. They're not comfortable with it. Okay. So then he takes it further and he's like, well, you need to dress this way and you need to do your hair this way. Cause I like it. And he started, he would tell them what kind of bras to wear. And if they pushed back, if they told him they didn't want him in their room or they didn't want to do their hair that way or wear those clothes or those undergarments, he would tell them that they were violating the cult's rules on being under authority and that they were disobeying him and that if they didn't start obeying him, he would have them fired and sent home. And in the cult, the worst thing Basically, the worst thing that could happen to you is being sent home from one of the compounds in disgrace. So, yeah, if these women didn't do everything Steve said, they were told they were out from under the umbrella of authority. They were being disobedient. And if they did not start obeying, they'd be sent home in disgrace.
1: Wow. That's that's a lot of manipulation. Yeah. So you just like... Went from ignoring them until at some point in time, they probably broke. Mm-hmm. And then he started grooming them.
0: Right. And part of the reason it broke is because in cult ideology, like, you're if your brother has offended you, go to your brother and oh, find okay. out. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. this whole process for conflict that you're supposed to follow. So, these young women were, according to cult principles, doing the right thing by recognizing that Steve was upset at them and trying to figure out
1: like recon- what they
0: had done so they
1: were trying to reconcile yeah mm-hmm.
0: okay so then he turns it into grooming they become victims
1: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah he's hanging out in their bedrooms telling them what to wear telling them what kind of undergarments to wear and it gets it gets to the point where he's got seven women going at one time
1: is this all in like one house, like he's living there? In the retreat,
0: have- yeah. So the way the retreat center is set up, it's almost like going to a fancy hotel. Mm-hmm. So every room had an en suite, you know, all that kind of stuff, okay. but not a kitchen. And oh, some of the nicer, bigger rooms might have, but there was communal dining and So you've stuff like been that. there? Yeah, I did a lot of child labor there. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I've been there. A handful of times. And I have cleaned a lot of those rooms. <laughs> Where were we with him? Grooming. Oh, so he's got seven victims. Right. Eventually he has seven at the same time. It is common for members of staff to walk in on him. With them? Yeah. Doing what you would imagine. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So, I assume there was no shame in that game.
0: For him, I am, I am certain that it was mortifying for his victims. Right. Eventually, it gets to the point where he convinces two of his victims to vow to him. Vow. To him. And vows are super serious in the cult. We can... Uh, every time I say <laughs> something, I'm like, well, we could do five episodes on that one sentence. Vows are super important in the cult. So he gets these two women, these two young women probably girls, to vow to him that they will be sexually available to him at all times, even if he gets married. Okay. Yeah. In the midst of all of this...
1: I assume they didn't really have a choice in this. Oh, gosh,
0: no. No, they were victims
1: of... Yes. Was it just like a verbal contract or like... Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: As far as I know, not that written
1: contracts
0: were abnormal in the cult, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah. Okay. So, all right, in the midst of all of this, he's also he's also got this aide and this artist who are <laughs> also there on staff to help him with his responsibilities for the ministry. They're both men, young men. And the aide gets super like disgruntled as well. He should be. And he starts watching and he's observing and he's taking notes and he's figuring out what Steve is up to.
1: He went in full spy mode.
0: Yeah. At the same time, this artist is having all of the same realizations and starts documenting and, you know, all of the, all of the stuff. And they take it to Bill who of course is like, Oh no, that could never happen. Mm hmm. How could you say such a thing? Uh-huh.
1: I'm sure that got swept right under the rug. Well, did they not disappear? totally. Not totally. Oh.
0: There, I think that there was a reckoning in 1976, but then the big one comes in 1979 slash into
1: 1980. So this wasn't something they did like every year. What? The reckoning.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Only so the reckoning in the that took place in 79 and 80 was because of the artist and the aid being whistleblowers and getting the board involved.
1: Oh, there's a board. Oh,
0: there's a board. Okay, okay. So I've got let me look at my notes here. I've got some interesting stuff. I found some really horrible but useful primary source documents about these meetings. Okay, here is a quote. From recoveringgrace.org, and they got this from a primary source document.
1: When we say primary source, it's like the, they got like a hold of some original print documents.
0: Like meeting minutes right. and testimonies from the board members at the time. So the board starts writing everything down. Because Bill, Bill gets to the point where he's saying one thing and then – Two minutes later, he's denying it. The board got to the point where they were writing everything down. So there's a lot of... Logs. Th- yeah. There's a lot of primary source documents from this era. So they have this this piece of information. By late 1979, the Gothard family was making efforts to privately resolve the situation with their prodigal son, Steve. The family of one of the staff members Steve had been sexually involved with was brought in to meet with the Gothards and asked to release their daughter to marry Steve.
1: <laughs> that was not where I thought you were going with mm-hmm. that. The,
0: women's, the woman's family did not give this release. According to the statements from multiple former staff members, Bill learned for sure the extent of the fornication in September of 1979, although he did nothing officially about it. Bill had been made aware of Steve's ongoing promiscuity by 1976 at the latest and according to contemporary accounts knew much of the scope of Steve's serial sexual involvement with Institute subordinates long before 1979, but Bill was trying to handle the situation away from the public eye. So Bill's dad gets this brilliant idea. That, referencing what I just read, that that Steve should marry one of his victims by June of 1980 at the latest. And then, then, quote, Steve will be all right. So. Real New Testament shit, or Old Testament shit there. So
1: Bill knew about it for at least or roughly three years. Mm -hmm. And then Bill Sr. finds out at some Mm -hmm. point, and it's just like, well. You the obvious to,
0: solution was, is for him to marry one of his victims.
1: Was that just an, I guess this is probably speculation, but like, is that just an attempt to to silence her? Like if he forces her to marry Steve, then she can't like
0: well, part file of, a complaint? part of the whole cult ideology was no sex before marriage, right? However, comma. It's
1: too late for that.
0: So the best solution per cult ideology was you got to get married. Okay. Fix the sin by getting married. (laughs) Same as, you know, how even in non-cult culture, there was a time where if you got pregnant, you got married Mm -hmm. because you got pregnant. Right. Well, if you kissed, if you held hands, if you communicated that you liked each other.
1: If you went to the grocery store together. Yeah. You,
0: you, (laughs) you. Best be getting married. Okay. Because you're sinning. And this is the only way to rectify the sin. Of course. The next thing that came out in the midst of all of this is that Steve had been using cult funds to buy pornography.
1: What? Like, it sound like he didn't need that, but it still...
0: Yeah, so okay. he's buying X-rated films and watching them in his Northwoods kingdom... And then I guess he also had a stash in the Gothard family home back in Chicago. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and all of this was purchased using cult funds. The cult is incredibly anti-pornography okay. in in theory,
1: right? according to Bill. Well, at least, you know, mm-hmm. in public eye.
0: The folks who figured that out were I – th- I think that was the aide, or the aide and the artist. They figure out this whole pornography thing. Well, you know – one of them, I think, someone in there, I don't remember if it was the aide or the artist or someone else, but they actually confessed to facilitating all of his purchasing, all of Steve's purchasing of pornography.
1: Okay. So before we continue, what exactly was the role or what was the, the artist in the aide, what were they supposed to be doing? Like, What was their purpose? Helping
0: Steve with his assignment from Bill.
1: Which was... To create
0: material for the cult, okay, books and stuff. Okay, we'll get back to that. Okay, keep
1: going. There's there's a nice <laughs> little, I yeah,
0: tie-in from our previous episode, just for you.
1: Ooh,
0: yeah, and our poor listeners. So this aid comes to Bill, right, with like all this evidence of all of the things, and Bill is like, "Don't say anything. Keep everything to yourself." Do not inform the board. And it just became very clear to these two young men who'd been investigating it that Bill was super complicit in all of this. And the board, the board finds out. Okay, so, so eventually... (laughs) Bill gets convinced to have a meeting with the board where he confesses and Steve confesses and the person who facilitated purchasing the pornography confesses. And then Bill's like, and then we'll have a special ceremonial communion ceremony to signify restoration and healing. So they get the whole board in one room. Everyone finds out what's been going on. They're aghast. People are crying. There's a quote from one senior leader slash board member who was like, I don't even remem- remember what happened that day. I was just handing out tissues to everyone who was crying and didn't know what to do with this massive fall from grace. The board starts insisting that Bill needs to resign. He's got to step down.
1: That sounds logical.
0: So he does it. And then there's a power struggle. And then Bill uses that to step back in, get his position back, get rid of that whole board and bring in a board that's wholly loyal to him. Wow yeah
1: <laughs> this guy sounds horrible but that is sounds like an impressive feat for him to get all that pressure step out and then somehow weasel his way back up and simultaneously mm-hmm. get rid of the people that were trying to keep it mm-hmm on the, on the tracks and in
0: the of all of this bill is supposed to, you know, do a written confession and sign it and like one day he's he's like, "Yeah, I messed up. I'm going to sign it." The next day he comes back and he's like, "No, I did nothing wrong." And so everyone was just like, "What are you supposed to do?" Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of I think administrative turmoil that probably set the stage for his coup of his own cult.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, well, I know what a coup is, but I don't know what it is when you're doing it for your. I don't know To either. get your own it's, position back.
0: It's a Bill thing. <laughs> you want to know my favorite fun fact in this whole saga? What is that? Steve was in the Northwoods writing the three-volume character sketches.
1: <laughs> oh, no. while he's sleeping with all these
0: Building a herald girls.
1: victims. But wait. And watching a lot There's of porn. more.
0: <laughs> Are you ready?
1: Okay, maybe. Okay. I don't know.
0: So, so Bill's brother David.
1: Oh, insert brother too.
0: <laughs> Bill's brother David also got into trouble. In December of 2014, the Florida State Attorney filed a lawsuit against David. Alleging that he engaged in racketeering and fraud, stealing millions of dollars from his victims, primarily elderly people, through a Ponzi scheme, and apparently this has been going on since two thousand and three, and David used IblP to target victims.
1: so was David like doing the the bookwork or like the accounting stuff for the
0: I don't think so. He just had his own thing going on and he used the cult. But wait, there's even more. Oh, (laughs) jeez. David went to prison for two years in the 80s for illegally selling over a million dollars in securities. So he was in jail in the 80s. Definitely did not learn his lesson. And from 2003 to 2014, he defrauded millions of dollars from folks using the cult as a way to target victims and there are just horrifying accounts of people who lost everything and couldn't even afford hot water for years and wow. So so these are the Gothard brothers. They're just lovely people. <laughs> Great. Definitely character. recommend. Yeah, they write fantastic books about character.
1: Mm-hmm. Um wonder where they got those ideas from. They write from.
0: fantastic horrible books, and that's about all they can do. Like this is calculated, this is malicious, right. this is a repetitive serial offense pattern.
1: Yeah, it seems very intentional. Oh gosh, yeah. Malicious.
0: Well thought out. I mean, just Steve's tactics with young women to get them into such a vulnerable place that he could groom them and, and mm-hmm. turn them into a victim. He had like a production line.
1: I'm curious where victims. they even like learn this. Cause it sounds like the brothers are all that way.
0: Super shady human beings. Yeah. Like
1: this was they just one of them that was like that and taught the rest or was that something their dad taught them? Or, I don't know. Or, it, it's just interesting that it was so prevalent in that mm-hmm. in that immediate family group That they were all doing such horrible things And not even the same horrible thing Like they were They all had their own swim lane If you want to say Of, you know, fraud And then, you know, sexual abuse And just Bill and his Grandiose cult idea Well, we'll
0: get into Bill's sexual abuse Probably in the next episode He's... He and Steve have a lot of similarities. Okay,
1: so there's some shared. There's
0: some overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, definitely. um, If you're going to join a cult, just do a little research on the cult leaders. See if they have a production line (laughs) for victims, if they've defrauded people of millions of dollars through Ponzi schemes, and, you know, if they can even live up to what
1: they teach.
0: Or just don't join a cult. I was going to say, it sounds like the best... Or just don't join a cult.
1: You know, don't don't go there.
0: Yeah. Gothard brothers, I need to drink more.
1: Class acts, it sounds like. So, what ultimately ended up happening to Steve?
0: He got dismissed eventually. So, there were members of the staff and the board who had known about his sexual misconduct since... 1976, who had been waiting for Bill to address it. They knew Bill knew, they kept going to him, he kept putting it off and failing to address it and continue to funnel young women to Steve at the Northwoods compound. So there was was growing concern amongst the staff and the board that Steve was out of control and Bill was refusing to handle it. So eventually, I think after the young woman's family would not agree to the marriage, Mm -hmm. the the victim. And that's just another thing that blows my mind. It's not after the victim, after the young woman didn't agree to the marriage, it was after her family didn't agree to the marriage, because that's classic cult. That's a a
1: good thing to distinguish there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's classic cult. After her family didn't agree to the marriage, I believe that was what ultimately triggered the dismissal. And there was an interesting article... In the Chicago Sun-Times later that year, in September of 1980, where the, the young artist who became the whistleblower, he actually told the Sun-Times that Steve's sexual domination over the secretaries and Bill's avoidance of the problem was known. It was observed. Staff could tell. The board could tell. And he also said that Steve had an obsession for things and Bill had an obsession for power.
1: Well, that was a crazy introduction to Bill and his brothers.
0: They're a dumpster fire.
1: <laughs> it sounds like it. I'm, I'm curious to hear <laughs> Bill's...
0: He's up next, and that might have to be more than one episode. There are so many moving parts and pieces to the harm that man
1: perpetrated. Yeah, In I would imagine as head of a cult, there's probably a lot... Going on there, mm-hmm. and it's a lot
0: more documented.
1: Yeah, especially over the the time frame, like mm-hmm. how long this has been going on. I can't imagine he, you know, only did one thing over the course of that. It sounds like the his whole cult. his
0: entire career is punctuated right. with sexual assault and harassment. Yeah. So yeah, that might be a multi
1: multi part s- series.
0: Multi-part series.
1: Okay, well, I look forward to hearing that at some point, and we will. <laughs> I will make sure I have a drink for that one.
0: We're going to need a couple.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of The Cult I Left Behind. Until next time, don't join a cult. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe, and we will catch you on the next episode.